podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, including the four future brethren and uh, sisterin, however you say that. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Uh, as you can tell from my voice, it might explain why we took the um, unplanned week off. Don't worry, you don't have to listen to me all by myself today because I don't want to listen to myself for a full hour. I doubt you do either. Uh, joining me, as she always does, uh, the... Uh, Magnanimous and incomparable, Jamie, JSJ Steyer Johnson. Hey, it's it's good to be here. I missed you last week, man. I mean, I we, we not we weren't here, so it happened. I missed you too, Jamie. Uh, <coughs> give me a lot of uh, cough edits tonight. Let me just say it. I'll leave that one in just for the joke. Uh, also joining us tonight because Andy is out. Uh, host or one of the hosts of our Texas Tech show here on the Ten Twelve Network, Tortillas and Takes. Albie Shore. Albie, welcome back, man. What is up, Philip? And uh, yeah, your voice sounds terrible. Not going to shit go to tea. It's, 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 <laughs> we talked about it pre-pod, and then we, when you first started going on here, I just I, it was really hard for me to hold back my laughter. It was uh, This is going to be a fun, fun episode. And um, I'm not going to tell you right now, the jokes aren't going to stop. I'm going to keep them coming. I'm going to think of some as we go on and, and relay it. Um, as you sound like Arnold's uncle, or Arnold's grandpa from Hey Arnold. Um, so let's, let's keep it going. I hated that show. I thought it was the dumbest thing. And I love cartoons. <laughs> How dare you? As guy How hated dare you? Oh my God. Let's end this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a little bit of, uh, uh, looking back to do some things we missed. I'm going to do as little talking as possible, which I know <laughs> I say a lot and then don't deliver on, uh, some postseason <laughs> basketball awards that we need to hit up on. Uh, Jamie, I'm gonna let you handle this one. Uh, we have two big toe players uh, that uh, Hoopall added to their starting five. What that is is they hand out an award for the best player in five different positions, and two big toe players on the women's side were awarded. One, the Cheryl Miller Small Forward of the Year Award, and one, the 
Katrina McLean Power Forward of the Year Award. Jamie, take it away. Yeah, so Katrina McLean Award went to Nalissa Smith, which, I mean, it wasn't a, a huge shock just because as far as, like, the power forward position, she embodies it so well. Um, so that was definitely cool to see, you know, the Big 12 Player of the Year get a little bit of recognition there. But obviously my particular interest lies in the Cheryl Miller Award, which you might as well rename the Iowa State University Cheryl Miller Award because Ashley Jones just won it for the second time. Before her, Bridget Carlton won it. You know, these awards have been around for five years and Iowa State's won three of them. Ashley's coming back for her fifth year. Go ahead and start engraving it now, okay? So I will say it, I do not care. She's going to three-peat. It's going to be real hard for anyone else to do the same. It's, I mean, it's sweet. It's just cool to see people get recognized like that, to get the Big 12 recognized like that. Like, I feel like nationally the Big 12 doesn't get as much respect in women's basketball, especially. Definitely had a couple uh, slight underperformances in the postseason this year as far as some teams you thought could go a little bit deeper in the NCAA tournament. So kind of is what it is. But as far as individual performances, obviously extremely well-deserved there. To have two of those starting five position go to people from the same conference definitely says a lot. I mean, that's – you hit the nail on the head. I was, I was saying pre-pod how I'm actually pretty upset that Ashley Jones is coming back for her fifth season. <laughs> that's just really going to wreak havoc on, like, every other team that's not named Iowa State uh, for this conference. Luckily, Melissa no, Smith's gone, so that's that's great. I, I wish her many success in the W as she was the number two pick in the WNBA draft. Mm-hmm. Great. Fantastic. Have a great career. I'm so glad we don't have to play you anymore. Like, that's – I just can't wait for me to say the same thing to Ashley, right? A part of me yeah. is like, Ashley – I can be your, you know, you need a career counselor and we can talk about your future now. You don't have to come back. Probably ain't that great. You know, like, you know, we can think about a few future here. I'm I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Well-deserved. You'd you'd have to, to, to get that figured out. Go lobby with the W to like expand some rosters, expand the team. Oh, I've been like trying to do this. That's what it comes down to. Really, I've been trying truly. to bring the comments back for the last five years. Okay. It's just they're there. Nobody's listening. That's right? what I'm saying. WNBA needs to expand and uh, players like Ashley Jones needs to get the hell away so we can have some type of success. <laughs> I'm sick of this. <laughs> well, then I won't, I won't talk to you about the 23 class we have coming in either. <laughs> You already, you already did. We need some more WNBA teams. Let's get some Kansas City going. Uh, let's get some uh, Nashville going. This makes a lot of sense, right? We can get a couple. Philly of is one that gets uh, that gets talked about a lot. A lot of people like the idea of Philly. You know, Patrick Mahomes' wife has invested in the women's soccer team there. I'm pretty sure if you went to them and like, hey, we like to start a WNBA team. They drop some money, be yeah. co-owners, get that going. Makes a lot a of full sense. roster. Don't just expand rosters. Let's just add some full rosters. Two, three, yeah. four. I think. It yeah. Would work. yeah, I know. I know that. That's. I mean, it's this. Obviously, isn't a WNBA podcast, but um, it's, what? <laughs> but it's. It's, I mean, pretty much at a fever pitch, like the demand right now, and it only improves things. So I, from from what I hear, it's it's in the works. Gears are turning. I, I mean, I'm happy that I've got the links close and I've got Bridget on the links close. It That re- that really worked out fortuitously for 
me personally. My my current favorite team has Derek Fisher as the head coach, so I'm just doomed to to uh, sadness. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is there's, what some, it is. there's some really positive things happening there. Oh, there is. Uh, no, every whether, good thing that whether happens... you trust it to uh, continue, it, it's kind of in spite of that. Uh, <laughs> every good thing that happens to the Sparks, you always have to remember in the back of your mind that Derek Fisher is the head coach. So, like, no matter what, free, like the great free, but we should be excited about the free agency <laughs> we just had, but Derek Fisher is still the head coach. So, like, none of it, like, you just, it's what it is. The links, of course, are the uh, 10 to podcast adopted WNBA team, as we decided, I believe, before last season, just because it had the most Big 12 players of recognition on it, and that's how we value. Now, look, if some other WNBA team suddenly has more Big 12, former Big 12 players there, we will uh, shift our allegiances. They we'll are available We'll have to see what happens purchase. after training camp. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Melissa's, Melissa got drafted to the Fever, the fe- but the Fever are the Fever, so we'll see. <laughs> Uh, when you've only got 12 teams and one of them still sucks. Uh, okay. So <laughs> speaking of players staking around and players leaving, uh, the transfer portal is devastating and great for teams on football, men's basketball. It can be the same thing for women's basketball. Multiple big 12 teams have seen, uh, many, many, many players exit through the transfer portal, obviously for a variety of reasons. West Virginia, of course, Having uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six players leave. Sorry, I, I did it in my head earlier and I forgot. Uh, obviously, with a coaching change, that's going to happen. Same thing with Oklahoma State coaching change there. They lost five players. Uh, TCU with seven players out. Uh, and, of course, we've seen exits from Texas. Uh, Baylor lost, not through the portal necessarily. They lost one, but a lot of players uh, like Melissa Smith leaving. As, uh, we've seen three leave from Kansas State. Jamie. You know women's basketball in the Big 12 better than anybody I know. So uh, you put your ear to the grindstone on a pretty regular basis. As far as the transfer portal goes, uh, what are you hearing? I, It's interesting because obviously I just had a lot of discussions about this in the past week because, well, over the past couple weeks because I started treating the transfer portal as my own personal tabloid. And so I started following it obsessively because I think it's entertaining when it happens to other people. And then of course it, it comes to everyone. And so, you know, Iowa State had, had a couple players. We had Maddie Frederick who decided to grad transfer because she had other professional opportunities she wanted to explore. She didn't really play here. And so wanted to go play, obviously more power to her, uh, kind of knew about that ahead of time. And then had a little bit of a surprise this week where Aubrey Jones decided to leave. And I think that people were, and I'll, I'll talk about this specific instance, but this is a broader trend. You know, people leave for a variety of reasons and there's ones that can catch you off guard and there's ones that you kind of expect and so Aubrey I don't know was exactly expected but her reasoning was sound like it's not reasoning that you could really push back on she said you know I really want to be a significant contributor I really want to be you know a bigger role in the team and that's not to say that she isn't a significant contributor at Iowa State because she absolutely had the ability to continue growing her game but if you look objectively at 
the roster, if you look at the times that she struggled in games, I mean, she was so great in non-conference and then just the size, she's just a little bit undersized for the big 12 and we have really deep guards. And so when you have your time cut into, it makes it even harder to get in a rhythm. So as a dead eye shooter, then you just don't have as much opportunity to get those shots. And so it, there, I could go into the, the basketball, the, on the, the court stuff for 15 minutes. I won't do that. All I'll say is it was sound logic. And I think that what people need to understand is the transfer portal is about so much more than your team. These are people's lives. And so especially, especially you really shouldn't abuse anyone about it, no matter what happens. But if you see a player's coaches wishing them well and saying, you know, we're, we're fans of yours, good luck. You have to understand that. I mean, to some degree, could it be to say face? Sure. But you're not going to do that for someone who you feel blindsided, who you feel backstabbed by. Like it's not all disingenuous. So keep that in mind, but to the broader point of the big 12, there's a lot of major, major question marks that need to be answered here for a lot of teams. You know, we said Baylor had three players drafted. So you have a couple spots there. They've got three players coming in. They've got, you know, a top 20 recruiting class. Um, so not as crazy as it's been in the past, you know, they don't have, I don't think it's top five, but um they they're a team who generally has hit the portal pretty hard, but you have to see, okay, they had that kind of early exit. They've got this new coach. So she's bringing in her own players. Do those unknowns affect the transfer portal? They've got one of the top prospects in the portal right now is Asia Blackwell coming out of Mizzou and she's got them in her top three alongside South Carolina and Ole Miss. So that'll obviously be really interesting that top three I think came out last week and so I would anticipate seeing a commitment from her in the next couple weeks and that can always influence where other people go as well you've got Texas who for the second year in a row has significant transferring occurring you've got five people already and I mean truly for me as an observer and this is no inside information nothing like that I still expect to see another player or two in the portal from them specifically. I think Aliyah Matharu, I'd be surprised if she doesn't leave because she just, her playing time fluctuated so wildly. I mean, she was their leading scorer, I think maybe at season's end. And there were games that she would play 10 minutes. You know, she was starting and playing 30 minutes and then would go a game where she barely hit the court. And so, I mean, if I'm her, I'm, maybe not thrilled with that, but again, you never know what goes into people's decisions, but Texas again, doesn't have any commitments from the portal yet either. That doesn't mean they don't have people on campus yet, but you just have all of these things where you're saying, okay, you've got all the people that are in the portal. You're going to start seeing them commit. And when one does, it's kind of a domino effect where you say, well, I want to play with this person or, well, I don't want to be competing with playing time for, for this person. And so it's just, it's, it's really big. I mean, we saw some big transfers last year, but I think it's even more significant this year. And you get the added little bonus key of a bunch of in-conference transfers. So many in-conference transfers. You've got Chevalier from Texas to Tech. You've got Gabby Gregory from Oklahoma to K-State. I mean, those are a couple of really significant people that are jumping 
in conference. And I, I doubt that those are the last couple, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple people from West Virginia stay in conference or, you know, there's a couple people from Oklahoma state who could stay in conference. So, uh, certainly intriguing, not the last time we'll talk about it, but it's, it's intriguing. I really, I really, well, and you had this week, there's so much drama, 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 drama running all the time. Iowa State has this whole thing going on right now where, I don't know if you've seen this, Albie, there's like rumors that UNC is offering like a big old bag to, <laughs> to our freshman point guard, Tyrese Hunter. So there's like these rumors flying that he's going to UNC because they're offering him $250,000 a year. And so it just, it just gets oh, so yeah. out of control so fast. The NIL bag is definitely putting another spin on it. I was going to say that with on the women's side, I think the, the end of conference transfers is where it gets very interesting because you don't see it as much on the men's side or in, or in football. You'll see it, but it's just yeah. not as frequent, right? Especially in men's side, like for the most part, if they're transferring out, they usually transfer out of conference unless it's a coaching yeah. change. But like on the women's side, it's it sticks to what you know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, tech. We, me and Philip talked about it. Tech. We've had two transfer starters that both came mm-hmm. from Oklahoma State. Yeah. Right. And then, and so we're it, so the fact that it happens so frequently on the women's side just adds it adds to it, right? We're gonna have. I mean, like you you talked about uh, Chevalier coming over to to Texas Tech from Texas. That's gonna be that's another added wrinkle huge. next year as well. That's that's really big there. And so like it's um. You know, I think with the transfer portal, it's some teams have really attacked it and benefited from it. And and from that, you can it's giving teams the ability to really rebuild quickly, right? Um, I'm hoping the tech's one of them because we've had we've actually this past offseason kind of had a decent benefit, even though we did we are losing Shante Embry uh, to the transfer portal, but we're able to bring got, uh, uh, ladies like Chevalier, like Shavers coming into the program, and we're trying to really use the portal to rebuild quickly. Right. But um, and then you have like the flip side of that is it's very also very easy to like drop off. Yeah. Like Texas, Texas made the Elite Eight last year. And if they don't get the right player people in place, they could easily miss the whole tournament next year, depending on what you know what their roster looks like. Yeah. So like it's very it's I think co- I think a lot of old school people don't like it because you have to recruit your own players for the year. You can't just be a host to them yes. <laughs> the second they commit. Right. <laughs> like they're like, oh man, you mean I can't I have to be nice? all the time like yes that's that's usually a general theme in life you know just be a nice person and not you know throw things at your your, your, uh, (laughs) the players i'm i'm talking about never mind (laughs) talking from experience about a certain person who got in uh investigation but that's neither here nor there um (laughs) but yeah no i just the 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 transfer portal is it's it's fantastic personally well because i just remember back in the day like that transferring transferring obviously wasn't as common I say back in the day I mean when I was a kid like you know 10-15 years ago so I just remember that like it was unheard of to stay in conference when you transferred like if you transferred you were going elsewhere and so when it happened once in a great while it was so bizarre and now like you said I mean more specifically on the side it's so common it's like oh i remember this person but oh i totally forgot they're in this color jersey this year you know it's it's just it's very very interesting it's very interesting to see the kind of coaches and programs that really succeed in the portal and succeed in you know maintaining consistency on their teams and the ones who maybe don't as much and whether 
they could still stay pretty good despite having people leave. You know, Texas made the Elite Eight the year before last as well, and then had some people leave and still made it back this year. And so uh, that's why I'm so intrigued to see, okay, well, what do you got this year then? Because those are some really big pieces again. You know, what, what, what have you got coming in? What have you got that you have on deck? And so it's always the next big thing, the next big shiny thing. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it doesn't work out as well as you hope, but it always makes for a good story. <laughs> I mean, this is really just the nightmare that Lincoln Riley tried to prevent for all of us. And the real reason he left Oklahoma for USC because the big 12. Do you see just... what Rattler said about Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, what did he say? I didn't see this. Oh, oh bro. He called it I didn't see this. a toxic environment, I believe. Yeah. Oh, have you not seen? Like anywhere oh. would have been better than this, but this was the perfect fit for me to get out of that toxic environment. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, Rattler. Okay. I mean, hey, he was know, he was just shy of dropping the like dream school line, which is like dream job or dream whatever. But like the stuff he had to say about Oklahoma. Mm. And then people were like replying to it, and they're like. You want to talk about toxic? Let's talk about your body language on the sideline when you got pulled, okay? <laughs> I will say, well, nowadays, the best way to endear yourself back to Oklahoma fans is talking mess about Lincoln Riley. So, like, that's, I feel mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, if you want to, if you want friends in Norman, Oklahoma, just all you got to do is talk, you know, just I don't talk know that he directly negative. called out Riley enough with it, though. Like, I don't know that calling the program a toxic environment is maybe, I mean, maybe like, uh, an equal plus negative kind of situation. But he could I, always I, say more. <laughs> uh, we'd love it if he said more. You know what? Just call. Like, I want please. him to yeah, name Riley specifically and be like, you know what? That be Drop out there. Drop the tell all. Drop the tell all NIL, yeah. baby. Let's go. Publish it. The, the call ESPN, me. I got you. The ESPN 30 for 30 on the 24 hours between when uh Lincoln Riley lost Bedlam to when he announced he was leaving to oh USC. My God. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a must watch, an absolute must watch. Um, okay, I got a couple other things I want to get to, but Albie, since I have you here, yes, I do want one little Texas Tech conversation that we need to have. Um, Texas Tech baseball, rough weekend for Texas Tech, going on the road, swept by TCU squad, not what I expected. Um, but then I was doing a little digging. Texas Tech is eighteen and one this year at home, and we know Texas Tech at home is near unbeatable. I mean, at 18 and one, uh, when they get to host regionals and supers, like it is, it's a freaking nightmare zone, except for last year's Stanford. Um, but the road record, including true road and, and neutral is nine and 12 at this point. Uh, as from the Texas tech perspective is that we have enough evidence at this point to say, if Texas tech has to go on the road in postseason. Why should I have faith that they're going to be able to to escape and move on? I can't. I can't in good conscience tell you you should. I mean, like, let's be real. Doesn't this seem familiar, right, to the men's team, men's basketball team? Like, this seems very familiar. The men's basketball team was the same way. We were undefeated at home, but on the road, and we weren't as bad on the road. We still had a winning no, record. On you didn't the have road. a losing record on the road. Yeah, yeah. We still had a winning record on the road. But at the same time, like, that was the main thing was is that it's a big reason why Tech was a three seed as opposed to what we were aspiring to be like a two-seater or anything else, was that we just didn't have a great road or a great road record, right? And so the baseball team is kind of similar to that. I mean, if you, if you remember coming into the season, this baseball team was, I think, preseason like 20th or something like that, 22nd or something like that. Um, we had lost a lot of pieces from last year, and they really strove 
to be as good as they are. Then you go out and you beat the number two team in the nation, Texas, two games, you win that series. And it looks like, man, this team is on top of things, but we've had a couple road games. I mean, that loss to Kansas, right, on the road to Kansas, that's a good um, – that kind of shows you. That should have been a series sweep, right? Most teams are able to sweep Kansas even at in Lawrence, but it's it's we're just not a great road team. And this TCU series was a microcosm of that. This was a bad series, to be honest. This is not what I uh, not at what I expected at all. No, TCU has been super up and down, which is I think the other issue. Just like it's a T- it's up and down TCU to not be able to snag one win, I think yeah. is what really like. If you told me Texas Tech lost the series, I'd be a little surprised because I, I would have thought they would have won that series. Well, like, so okay. I'll- I'll but say this to get David, swept. David Hughes, our, our baseball uh, analyst on over at TNT, he actually predicted a TCU win in the series, but neither. I mean, I don't know anybody breaking a sweep, right? Like that's, that's where it gets a little, and not just a sweep, like TCU looked like the better team. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was three close games, one run game. Like it was TCU looked like the better team all the way through. And so like, it's, it was, uh, this is just a bad, I, this is the worst series of, of the year. Um, for Texas Tech baseball. I think it's the series that, you know, it's it's similar to the beginning of the year when, when Tadlock kind of had a look in the mirror situation with the team and said, hey, type of season we need to have. This is a series, I think you do that again, really, of like, guys, what are we, what are we doing here? We need to really think about the t- type of team we want to be. If we want to make it back to the College World Series, we can't have events and series like this. And I think Tadlock also knows we kind of need that Super Region. Like, we kind of need that national seed because we're – so much better at home than on the road. And if we're going to make the college world series, we, we kind of need to be in Lubbock for it. So um, things need to happen. Things need to happen for this team going forward. But I mean, it's still a good team. still a top 10 team. It's just that road record is rough. Uh, four series left tech choosing to uh, take the uh, off week of big 12. Cause there's nine teams conference play. Somebody has a week off uh, to just take the week off and not play an out of conference series. I'm wondering um, if that's a decision that they might come to regret if you're looking for opportunities to boost the RPI with a couple of nice wins, uh, but uh, that might benefit them because it is between two straight uh, road series, three games of Baylor, take a week off, and then play three games at Oklahoma State. So uh, we don't do a lot of baseball talk, but I, I just wanted to talk with you about it because I had you here. Um, Jamie, I don't normally do this, but I need to ask you for a favor. Yeah. Um, can you tell the good people about Home Field Apparel? <laughs> I can. I can. I would love to, frankly. Man, Home Field has the most comfortable, the most beautiful vintage apparel. Oh, my gosh. It runs long. I mention that every uh, every other month or so. Runs a little bit long. 6-1. Fits me beautifully, including the joggers. And you know who can go order them sell some joggers? Baylor fans, because they've got... The very beautiful, what do they call it? Sailor Bay? It's got a weird little hat on its head. They've got those in jogger form. I tell you what, look, I ain't gonna front. Like, I'm I'm not gonna call myself a Baylor fan. I will not be purchasing these particular joggers, but I do need me some more joggers though, because they are my favorite pants. Actually, my doggers, my Yukon ones do have a hole right now, right in the butt cheek that I need to fix. So I cannot wear them at the moment, uh, but I can sew. So I'll have to have to get to that. But that just tells you how well loved my beautiful home field apparel joggers are. My beautiful home field apparel t-shirts. I got a mystery box. You know what was in my mystery box? They actually sent me one of their home field logo shirts. So that was dope. 
very excited about that. I also got one of the Rice Owl shirts that I think Andy got for his wife. So a uh, great success there. Got an NDSU Bison shirt. Uh, customer service rocks. They sent out a nice little survey a week or two ago asking what we want going forward. I said, I want a spicy little crop top. So I hope they were listening. And yeah, Homefield Apparel rocks. We've got our code, uh, Network 12. Is that our code? Yep. That's the one. Yes! Killed it! 15% off your first order uh, for your new favorite clothes. Homefieldapparel.com. Yeah. That is the greatest ad I've ever heard in 1012 podcast I, history. Yeah, uh, I'm Did you done. expect I'm to hear done. the word spicy little crop top in that? Because <laughs> no, I didn't done. until they came out of my mouth. I've officially retired from reading Homefield ad reads. Jamie will not be taking over that uh, moving forward. Um, well, uh- you know, Philip, you have to retire from Homefield Ad Read so you can touch your career as the dare spokesperson that goes off and tells kids to stop smoking because you'll end up sounding like this. So that's was a smoker for fifteen years. I'm 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 about one step away from a voice box right now. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call it what it is. Those ads uh, always yeah. freaks me out. Network twelve, fifteen percent off your first order. Good job, Jamie. Uh, between butt cheeks and and spicy little crop tops. Oh, I forgot that, about that part already. Yeah. <laughs> She just, we'll she just blacked South- out reading that. It's the scene from uh, old school where Will Ferrell does the uh, debate and he's like, what happened? What did I just do? And that's what Jamie just did right there. Well, if I've never said it on here, when I do stand up, I do black out. I don't remember what I say. So it's, I mean, it's right on par with that. I will say the South Carolina, the South Carolina national championship shirts are Ooh. also fire. I I really like if I had the money to justify it, I do genuinely want to buy every women's basketball shirt they have. And maybe I could have them put together like a vault or something. Wouldn't that be cool? Just buy all yeah. of them for like $200. They have a lot of them too. They've got like a KO court shirt. They've got a classic like UConn women's basketball because like UConn had their own logos for some of the women's teams and stuff and oh it's so good so good all right so since I have both an Iowa State representative and a Texas Tech representative it's felt like a good time to get back on my uh my little pulpit stand up here politician style and say say no to big 12 divisions and say yes to the protected rivalry scheduling model as we continue to push Obviously, May is the time that the Big 12 leaders are going to get together and probably decide the scheduling of the future Big 12. Now, there is a chance that that's just for while Oklahoma and Texas are still in the conference. And maybe it changes afterwards. But we do know this. Divisions are what is most likely. But it is not decided. We've heard from Kansas State's AD himself that there is at least some who would prefer not to do divisions. You shouldn't. You should go with the number one versus number two in the championship game. I don't want to hear about how it gives some other team that can't do better than seven five a shot at the national champ at the championship game with the conference. Like that sounds great. That sounds like ass. Okay. Look, I love the thing that happened to the ACC with a different. That sounds like division. a moral victory, and I don't like that. We, you know what? We we win. We deserve an opportunity. Win nine games. Win nine games. Here's also people forget like back in the old Big Twelve when the Big Twelve South was beating up on each other just for the chance to play seven and five Missouri. True. Right? Or like that's like, True. no, that was, that was no fun. The real championship was whenever, you know, a, was either Bedlam or Texas playing Oklahoma or, you know, the, the year tech was in there and the 
next Tech Oklahoma game was like that was the, the championship was always the Big Twelve. Like, South. go watch the, the film, you'll see. That's not what you want. <laughs> watch the film, nerds. Um, <laughs> so we want one versus two, and if you have one versus two, you don't need divisions. And the idea is just to set up a way to schedule and do something different and creative. The Big Ten, the ACC is probably going to go away from divisions at some point and do one versus two. Every conference is eventually going to do one versus two. That is where things are headed. The SEC is likely to do so. They're going to do away with divisions when they have 16 teams. Well, the Big 12 is only going to have 12. Well, maybe they're going to add two more. I don't care. Protected rivalries. That's the easy way of saying, instead of a 5 plus 4 model, we want to do a 3 plus 6 model. You have three teams you're guaranteed to play every year, and you rotate through everybody else to fill out that nine-game conference schedule. So that means you have to have three quote-unquote rivals. And before you tell me we don't have any rivals in the Big 12, West Virginia fans, yes, we are going to get to you. Don't worry. Uh, I want to talk Texas Tech and Iowa State because these are two of the ones I think are really interesting perspectives on who would you like to play. So of the new Big 12, OU and Texas are gone. Bye-bye. Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF are now in the conference. Alvy, I'll let you go first. What three teams of this newfound Big 12 would you want Texas Tech? This is just football. Forget basketball. Would you want football, Texas Tech to play every year? I think every team in the Big 12 should fight, like get in a ring, like 11 of the 12 teams should all get into like a WWE style ring to see who should get Kansas as their <laughs> protected three, right? And like the, the last three remaining get Kansas. That's how it should be. Like that's the, <laughs> that's what, how it should be. I want Kansas. I know it's not going to be Kansas, nor should it be Kansas for Texas Tech, right? Like it'll probably be for Iowa State. Kansas State will probably be another one. Well, like, I, I I want Kansas, right? That's the easy one. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, it's it's. I think it's a little difficult. I do think I I actually want Baylor, and I'll tell my main reason for wanting Baylor is Baylor is the only consistent team we have played for the last 80 years or however long, right? Like, the conferences have changed, and people have left, and people have come and gone. Texas is about to leave the SEC. That will only leave Baylor. Baylor's the only team we've played since the 60s. Right. And so like, that's, that's intriguing. Like, I, I like that, those type of things. Right. So the ability to say like, Hey, tech Baylor, the butt bowl is always going to be here to stay. Yes. Right? The butt so bowl. I, I'm butt bowls here to stay. My number two, Oklahoma state, because I am pushing my man, this Texas tech, Oklahoma state rivalry. Both teams are going to need a new team to hate. Um, and you know, it just makes sense. Right. Like Texas tech, Oklahoma state. That's what I want. So that leaves us a third one. Now, the easy one is saying TCU, because I personally hate TCU. Um, that's the easy one. It's easy to say it. It makes a lot of sense, right, for it to be TCU, the West Texas rival or championship, all that stuff. We go after a lot of the same recruits. Like, that just, like, it would it would make a lot of sense. I think where it gets difficult for your third rival is that on TCU side, they're also going to have other people. Like, they're, they're going to have probably Baylor. They're probably going to have Houston. And, like, they're, they, you know, there's also going to be other teams like everybody's going to have two that's going to be pretty easy to pick. And it's that third team where you're like, well, who else? Like I could easily see like BYU tech makes a lot of sense because we're the two most Western teams. And I know BYU is going to say, well, I would want to travel, have to travel to West Virginia or Cincinnati each time or Florida. Like I want one of my teams to be Texas tech. I could easily see a situation where though it doesn't make too much sense for BYU to play tech every year it, or like, as far as from like a fan perspective, it makes sense for BYU to want tech. So it's one of those things. You kind of, if I got to leave, if I've got to toss a team up to be the, the sacrificial lamb of the three, I'll give TCU up. And if we have to go ahead and play BYU or something like that, or one of the new guys. So, but that's, 
you know, that's 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 my opinion on the matter. But as long as I get Oklahoma State and Baylor, I think I'll be happy. All right, so Baylor, Oklahoma State, and one of TCU, BYU, or, or TCU or BYU. If you get TCU or BYU, Houston makes a lot of sense because we played them recently. Um, you know, and there's and that's another team we we fight for a lot of recruits of. And I know actually I'll say this. Just like BYU, I think would fight for Tech. I think Tech would actually fight a lot for Houston for recruiting purposes, right? To be, and that's the reason why we play Houston right now. So there's that. So I think it'd be one of those three. That fits my whole thing with the Texas schools is you're not allowed to play three other Texas schools. Like you have to play one team outside of Texas, or this whole thing falls apart. All right, yeah. Jamie, Iowa State. What three schools would you like Iowa State to play as part of our three plus six protected rivalry scheduling model? The first one, like, isn't even a question in my mind. I riot if we lose the Riot Bowl. I want to play West Virginia. I don't care. Like, I think it's fun. I think that the the relationship between, like, the fans of Iowa State and West Virginia, I think, is, like, one of the dopest things to come out of West Virginia joining the Big 12. Like, I just like that people recognize how much similarity there is there and I mean like you acknowledge you know it is kind of tough for West Virginia to claim like real true rivalries being where they are geographically and where they are as far as how long ago they joined the Big 12 and stuff like I'm all for like let's keep that game let's keep it rolling uh it never hurts to have games like outside of your area when you're in the Midwest like let's kind of you know that you're going to get down to Texas for games all the time. And so let's maybe have somewhere else that we can kind of dip into. I don't know. I mean, it's not like West Virginia is the football high school football capital of the world, but I think it's not a bad thing to expand your footprint a little bit. So I like Riot Bowl. Keep the Riot Bowl. Um, I think that Iowa State has had such great games with OSU that it would also be a shame to lose that. I would love to continue playing the Cowboys because again, it's just, you've, you have some of, some of the best wins in Iowa state history, like some of the most exciting games they've ever played have come against Oklahoma state. You know, it's an extremely competitive matchup there. And so that's, I mean, maybe that's more like on the recency bias thing where some of them have come in the past you know, handful of years, but I really like that one. And then for the last one, um, I've got, I've got two that you could put into that slot. Obviously, like you said, I would, I would love to go into the ring and come out on top for the rights to play Kansas. I do think they're getting better to the point where like, Hey, maybe that won't be your, uh, uh, you know, what it is right now. I'll put it that way in the future. But, you know, maybe maybe someday it'll be the we used to suck game and we'll, we'll both be really good. Um, so I take that, you know, get yourself another Midwest one. Um, I feel like you've got to have someone nearby for your last one for Iowa State. And for that, I also say, I mean, it's not close, close, but I also could make an argument for Cincinnati and it's <laughs> literally for one reason and I think it's because I would just make it all about our respective bizarre food choices which would be skyline chili and walking tacos okay walking tacos please describe this to me oh I would love to (laughs) um so 
you need to try this. It's actually excellent. So you take a um, a individual size bag of nacho cheese Doritos, okay. and you crumple it up so the chips are small, okay. and you flip it on its side and you cut the side so it opens, and then in it you put taco toppings. So you put your seasoned ground beef, you put some cheese, you put lettuce, sour cream, whatever you put on there, and then you eat it with a fork as you walk around. And so that's a walking taco. So it's a Frito pie, but with not with Doritos. Sure. There's no chili there. Frito pie has chili. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's, 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 it's a spiritual it's, cousin it's the, to the Frito yeah. pie. Oh, and I don't know if family. you keep that in the bag. The The key is you keep it in the oh, bag yeah. and it's, it's more, it's more, it's almost like nachos in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. Dorito nachos. I'm so glad that I could be the first one to tell you about this. It's incredible. Yes. So it sounds so, great, actually. So Jamie, I have to I have to ask this. Um, how are Iowa State fans going to feel that you are ending Farmageddon? Oh no, I didn't prepare. Oh shit, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, come on. No. I was I was waiting for it. You too. can't oh, do that. Now. Well, no, you know what? I'm going to stand behind it. This is a protest of the fact they won't give us a freaking trophy. <laughs> give me a full-size tractor or give me nothing. This is my protest. I'm taking the lesser a known protest. I could probably give up like OSU for that. I would give up any of them for so, you so really pitch, can't. Let me pitch you. Let me pitch you guys my thoughts. So on Iowa State, Farm Again was number 1. Uh, I felt Cincinnati was a must. And then I've heard a lot of mixed bags. Did you have the same reasoning as me? Uh, Farm again, because it is, uh, to me, the best new rivalry. The best no, rivalry the Cincinnati one. Did you have the same reasoning? Because uh, mostly because I feel like Skyline they want to Ohio a lot. So that might be beneficial. But also Skyline Chili. Um, I've never been to Cincinnati. I've never had Skyline Chili. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't know. I'll eat it. I'm not against it. I'm all. It's, it's, I'm also it's for a like. Over, it's a bit overrated by like Kentuckians because let's be real, Cincinnati is Kentucky. Um, but, <laughs> but like, it's, you're it's making okay. friends early. Also, that's how. That's why Mark Stoops recruits so well in the state of Ohio. Got it. Okay. Um, so I had Kansas State and I had Cincinnati, and then I went back and forth between West Virginia and Oklahoma State because as an Oklahoma State fan, I would like to keep OSU Iowa State going. And I've heard mixed things like on both sides about the rival. Some Iowa State and West Virginia fans think it's a big deal. And some Iowa State and West Virginia fans are like, we don't care. Like it's not what, whatever. So um, I feel like, and this has been the thing with everyone where I've tried to put together. I feel like I usually have like two yeses, solid yeses, mm-hmm. and then a couple of options, which is kind of what you guys have done here. Um, and so this is the same thing with Tech. It was like, okay, um, it feels like the Baylor game is the bigger game among the current Texas schools outside of Texas, but everyone thinks Texas is their rival. Um, I am yes for Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. You and me, brother. Let's get this done. Um, it just, it's got to be the battle for pistols fire. Battle of the guns. Like that's what, the battle of the guns. That's Battle great. of the guns. It. Yeah. Um, See, that's what that. it is. The winner of that game gets to either call them guns or pistols, right? And so, like, if Tech wins, Oklahoma State has to call them guns. Oklahoma State wins. We got to call it pistols. And then it's going to be, and it's, it's going to be really weird for us. We don't do that. Not a thing. That's going to be weird for you. That oh, is I like it. This. Oh, that I, is it. I like this. Big 12, hire us. Hire like us. We're coming up with ideas for this rivalry. And the other one for Texas Tech was always like, well, let's see. They are geographically the closest Texas school to BYU. But also, I feel like Tech and Houston have a 
makes sense as far as two teams yeah. that should play each other fairly regularly. Also, it's well, also with fans, it's kind of interesting because for whatever reason, like tech fans don't like Houston and Houston that, fans don't like tech. There you and go. I don't, it's, it's really, it's really, I don't, there's not really a reason for it. it comes all the way back to 2009 whenever we, we played against Case Keenum and that last second touchdown. Like, I don't, I don't really know what it is, uh, but it's interesting. It's like, there's a weird fan, like not a real rivalry, but a, like a small, like annoyance, right? Each fan base is feeling about each other. I like it. Like I, because I, if I'm gonna have to do a Texas school like TCU BYU to play each other, it's already kind of a pre-built rivalry there. So I was like, but I like I like Houston. <laughs> okay, so of course everybody, you can let us know your thoughts on as we go through this and get everybody's thoughts on what these protected rivalries should be. You can hit us up on Twitter at ten twelve network T E N the number twelve the word network. Uh, Albie. Well, one thing that'd be funny though. So every team is obviously going to have at least one Texas school as their. Uh, Protected three in this scenario. Uh, like that's, no. That's probably going to happen. No, not necessarily. I, Iowa State won't. Yeah. Uh, sure. That's Cincinnati, true. I would think, would be Iowa State, West Virginia, and UCF. But it was uh, more so, oh, yeah, well, but it's more so, like, if you get your one Texas school, right, you're like, all right, Texas school so we can recruit. Like, getting Tech is your one Texas school. Like, I mean, that's pretty annoying. Like, that probably, like, you can't really use – what are you going to do? Like, hey, recruit, <laughs> come out and drive six hours to love it. Yeah. <laughs> come watch Iowa State play. <laughs> it's like, there's no advantage there. I mean, if I'm you're going for recruiting, it's it's TCU or Houston. It ain't Waco yeah, either. You're like, well, it's close to everything. Yeah, it's also Waco. Uh, sorry, Baylor fans. Um, well, like, I've thought West Virginia. So here's my head. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. People are getting mad. This is why I like doing it this way. Most schools will have a Texas school, and there are certain schools that are going to want to have one. Like I think BYU needs one or two. Um, I don't. Houston's like, hey, enjoy playing uh, West Virginia, UCF, and one other Texas school every year because that's what you're doing. Because you think I'm not going to put West Virginia versus Dana Holgerson every year? Yes, I am. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I'm stupid. We got to sell tickets here, folks. We got to get eyeballs on these TV screens. Okay. Uh, before my vote is completely uh, is gone and, and or it gets worse. Oh, it's okay, uh, Mrs. Trumbull. That's good. I like it. Uh, Save the best ones for the end. For everybody who wants to complain about the three schools that you picked, uh, where can they do so? At Mr. Underscore Albie Shore on Twitter. Um, and, well, not on follow me on Instagram, but uh, follow the home team at Tortillas underscore RRS on Twitter as well. That is our Tortillas and Takes. Twitter page on Instagram is at tortillas and takes. Um, and then, yeah, follow at 1012 network. You know, this is one big happy family over here. Uh, um, so, so yeah, we are a big family and uh, you guys are awesome. Look, seriously, if you're a Texas tech fan or you just appreciate any school that covers as many sports or show that covers as many sports for their school as possible, go pay attention to tortillas and takes. I love that you guys do fantastic baseball and softball coverage during the season. It's fantastic. Uh, Jamie, for everyone who wants to write at you about not picking farm again, uh, where can they do so? uh, I'll roast you because I just, I'm allowed to forget. Okay. So don't be mean (laughs) to me. I will be meaner back. Um, But if you want to take that risk, you can find me everywhere on every social media platform. J Styes, J S T E Y Z. Uh, you can also check out the Cyclone Family Podcast, which is Jamie's Iowa State show, which is part of the 1012 Network. Yes, it's on a little break. Jamie's got a lot going on. She'll get new episodes. But guess what? It's not like you can't go listen to the episodes that are on up there. They're they pretty were much fun. evergreen. 
Yeah. They're great. They're great interviews. The former Iowa State or and current Iowa State individuals who are connected to the program, um, they're very evergreen. They are. They're, they're, it's not like you'd be like, yeah, I can't believe I gotta go listen to an interview with like they a could be because played. I could like think of them because of something current, but then we get into just like general life stuff. The I mean, if you haven't listened, the absolute best episode I've done so far was with Allison Otzelberger. She was a joy, formerly Allison Lacey. She was amazing. All the episodes have been great, but that one especially was like a plus. Great way to start. And then I guess my brother was fine, but. <laughs> Also, uh, let me just verify. Yes, uh, if you try to be mean to Jamie, she 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 will leave you in a corner crying. You want to know why my voice is like this? That's it's all the tears eventually. Yeah, just, I didn't agree with, with the direction network. of the network, so we had a meeting before this. And... Yeah, I was. Can so you scarred. imagine if I was like that? You don't have to. We just <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Phil's over There's there. a reason Jamie's our favorite. Imagine. Jamie is our favorite. Uh. So uh, we should be back on Thursday, barring any unforeseen circumstances, which I don't think there will be, hopefully. Um, us on the, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, check out every show in the network, and we will talk to you guys then. Podcast Network.